Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, November 2nd. Journey with me through the entire Bible in one year, focusing on the biblical calendar, the Sabbath, the feast, and the Torah reading cycle. We have many voices, interpretations, and points of view out there, but there is nothing like listening to the crystal clean, pure Word of God in your life. It is living water for your spirit, as it is written in Romans 10.17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When we listen to the spoken Word of God, It is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Hebrews 4.12 The Word of God is alive, it is powerful, and it renews our mind and builds up our spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion... Lek, leka, and it means get yourself. Genesis 14, 1-20 Now, when King Anaphel of Shinar, King Arioch of Eleser, King Kidulaamer of Elam, and King Tidal of Golim made war on King Bera of Sodom, King Bisha of Gomorrah, King Shanab of Adma, King Shemeber of Zeboim, and the King of Bela, which is Zoar. All the latter joined forces to the valley of Sidom and the Dead Sea. Twelve years they saved Kidoleomar, and in the thirteenth year they rebuilt. In the fourteenth year, Kidoleomar and the kings who were with him came and defeated the Rephaim at Ashtoreth Kamim, the Zuzim at Ham, the Emim at Shava Kiriathim, and the Horites in their hill country of Seir, as far as El Paran, which is by the wilderness. On their way back, they came to En Mishpat, which is Kadesh, 
and subdued all the territory of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites who dwelt in Hazazon Tamar. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboim, and the king of Bela, which is Zoar, went forth and engaged them in battle in the valley of Siddim. King Ketoleomer of Elam, King Tidal of Goim, King Amraphel of Shinar, and King Arioch of Elisar, bore kings against those five. Now the valley of Siddim was dotted with bitumen pits, tar pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah in their flight threw themselves into them, while the rest escaped to the hill country. The invaders seized all the wealth of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their provisions and went their way. They also took Lot, the son of Abram's brother, and his possessions and departed, for he had settled in Sodom. A fugitive brought the news to Abram the Hebrew, who was dwelling at the terebinths of Mamre. The Amorite, kinsmen of Eshcol and Aner, these being Abram's allies. When Abram heard that his kinsmen had been taken captive, he mustered his retainers, born into his household, numbering 318, and went in pursuit as far as Dan. At night he and his servants deployed against them and defeated them, and he pursued them as far as Hobah, which is north of Damascus. He brought back all the possessions. He also brought back his kinsman Lot and his possessions, and the women and the rest of the people. When he returned from defeating Ketoleomer and the kings with him, the king of Sodom came out to meet him in the valley of Sheva, which is the valley of the king. And King Melchizedek of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was a priest of Hashem, the Most High. He blessed him, saying, Blessed be Abram of Hashem, Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be Hashem, Most High, who has delivered your foes into your hand. Ezekiel 3.16-6.14 After those seven days the word of Hashem came to me, O mortal, I appoint you watchmen for the house of Israel, and when you hear a word from my mouth, you must warn them for me. If I say to a wicked man, You shall die, and you do not warn him, you do not speak to warn the wicked man of his wicked course in order to save his life. He, the wicked man, shall die for his iniquity, but I will require a reckoning for his blood from you. But if you do warn the wicked man, and he does not turn back from his wickedness and his wicked course, he shall die for his iniquity, but you will be, have saved your own life. Again, if a righteous man abandons his righteousness and does wrong, when I put a stumbling block before him, he shall die. He shall die for his sins. The righteous deeds that he did shall not be remembered. 
but because you did not warn him, I will require a reckoning for his blood from you. If, however, you warn the righteous man not to sin, and he, the righteous, does not sin, he shall live because he took warning, and you will have saved your own life. Then the hand of Hashem came upon me there, and he said to me, Arise, go out to the valley, and there I will speak with you. I arose and went out to the valley, and there stood the presence of Hashem, like the presence that I had seen at the Shabar Canal, and I flung myself down on my face. And a spirit entered into me, and set me upon my feet. And he spoke to me and said to me, Go, shut yourself up in your house. As for you, O mortal, cords have been placed upon you, and you have been bound with them, and you shall not go out among them. And I will make your tongue cleave to your palate, and you shall be dumb. You shall not be a reprover to them, for they are a rebellious breed. But when I speak with you, I will open your mouth, and you shall say to them, Thus says Hashem. He who listens will listen, and he who does not will not, for they are a rebellious breed. And you, O mortal, take a brick and put it in front of you, and incise on it a city, Jerusalem. Set up a siege against it, and build towers against it, and cast a mound against it. Pitch camps against it, and bring up battering rams round about it. Then take an iron plate, and place it as an iron wall between yourself and the city, and set your face against it. Thus it shall be under siege. You shall besiege it. This shall be an omen for the house of Israel. Then lie on your left side, and let it bear the punishment of the house of Israel. For as many days as you lie on it, you shall bear their punishment. For I impose upon you three hundred and ninety days, corresponding to the number of years of their punishment. And so you shall bear the punishment for the house of Israel. When you have completed these, you shall lie another forty days on your right side, and bear the punishment of the house of Judah. I impose on you one day for each year. Then, with bared arm, set your face toward besieged Jerusalem and prophesy against it. Now I put cords upon you so that you cannot turn from side to side until you complete your days of siege. Further, take wheat, barley, beans, lentils, millet, and emmer, put them into one vessel, and bake them into bread. Eat it as many days as you lie on your side, 390. The food that you eat shall be by weight, 20 shekels a day. This you shall eat in the space of a day, and you shall drink water by measure, drink a sixth of a hen in the space of a day. Eat it as a barley cake. You shall bake it on human excrement before their eyes. So, said Hashem, shall the people of Israel eat their bread, unclean, among the nations to which I will banish them. Then I said, Ah, Hashem, my person was never defiled, nor have I eaten anything that died of itself or was torn by beasts from my youth until now, nor has foul flesh entered my mouth. He answered me, See, I allow you cow's dung instead of human excrement. 
Prepare your bread on that. And he said to me, O mortal, I am going to break the staff of bread in Jerusalem, and they shall eat bread by weight, in anxiety, and drink water by measure, in horror, so that lacking bread and water, they shall stare at each other heartsick over their iniquity. And you, O mortal, take a sharp knife, use it as a barber's razor, and pass it over your head and beard. Then take scales and divide the hair. When the days of siege are completed, destroy a third part in fire in the city. Take a third and strike it with the sword all around the city, and scatter a third to the wind, and unsheath a sword after them. Take also a few hairs from there and tie them up in your skirts, and take some more of them and cast them into the fire and burn them in the fire. From this a fire shall go out upon the whole house of Israel. Thus said Hashem, I set this Jerusalem in the midst of nations with countries round about her. But she rebelled against my rules and my laws, acting more wickedly than the nations and the countries round about her. She rejected my rules and disobeyed my laws. Assuredly, thus said Hashem, because you have outdone the nations that are round about you, you have not obeyed my laws or followed my rules, nor have you observed the rules of the nations round about you. Assuredly, thus said Hashem, I in turn am going to deal with you, and I will execute judgments in your midst in the sight of the nations. On account of all your abominations, I will do among you what I have never done, and the like of which I will never do again. Assuredly, parents shall eat their children in your midst, and children shall eat their parents. I will execute judgments against you, and I will scatter all your survivors in every direction. Assuredly, as I live, said Hashem, because you defiled my sanctuary with all your detestable things and all your abominations, I in turn will shear you away and show no pity. I in turn will show no compassion. One third of you shall die of pestilence or perish in your midst by famine. One third shall fall by the sword around you, and I will scatter one third in every direction and will unsheath the sword after them. I will vent all my anger and satisfy my fury upon them. And when I vent all my fury upon them, they shall know that I, Hashem, have spoken in my passion. I will make you a ruin and a mockery among the nations round about you, in the sight of every passerby. And when I execute judgment upon you in anger and rage and furious chastisement, You shall be a mockery and a derision, a warning and a horror to the nations round about you. I, Hashem, have spoken. When I loose the deadly arrows of famine against those doomed to destruction, when I loose them against you to destroy you, I will heap more famine upon you and break your staff of bread. I will let loose against your famine and wild beasts, and they shall bereave you, Pestilence and bloodshed shall sweep through you, and I will bring the sword upon you. I, Hashem, have spoken. The word of Hashem came to me, O mortal, 
turn your face toward the mountains of Israel and prophesy to them. And say, O mountains of Israel, hear the word of Hashem. Thus said Hashem to the mountains and the hills, to the streams and the valleys, See, I will bring a sword against you and destroy your shrines. Your altars shall be wrecked, and your incense stands smashed, and I will hurl down your slain in front of your fetishes. I will cast the corpses of the people of Israel in front of their fetishes, and scatter your bones around your altars. In all your settlements, the town shall be laid waste, and the shrine shall be devastated. Thus your altars shall be laid waste and bear their punishment. Your fetishes shall be smashed and annihilated. Your incense stands cut down and your handiwork wiped out. And the slain shall fall in your midst. Then you shall know that I am Hashem. Yet I will leave a remnant, in that some of you will escape the sword among the nations and be scattered through the lands. And those of you that escape will remember me among the nations where they have been taken captive, how I was broken-hearted through their faithless hearts, which turned away from me, and through their eyes, which lusted after their fetishes. And they shall loathe themselves for all the evil they committed, and for all their abominable deeds. Then they shall realize it was not without cause that Hashem resolved to bring this evil upon them. Thus said Hashem, strike your hands together and stamp your feet and cry, Aha! over all the vile abominations of the house of Israel, who shall fall by the sword, by famine, and by pestilence. He who is far away shall die of pestilence, and he who is near shall fall by the sword, and he who survives is protected shall die of famine. Thus I will spend my fury upon them. And you shall know that I am Hashem, when your slain lie among the fetishes round about their altars on every high hill, on all the mountaintops, under every green tree, and under every leafy oak, wherever they presented pleasing odors to all their fetishes. I will stretch out my hand against them and lay the land waste and desolate in all their settlements, from the wilderness as far as Dibla. Then they shall know that I am Hashem. Hebrews 4, 1-16 Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. 
And, in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing, therefore, it remains that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limits a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. For if Yeshua had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day? There remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and opened to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest which is passed into the heavens, Yeshua the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Psalm 104, 24-35 O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom have you made them all. The earth is full of your riches. So is this great and wide sea wherein are things creeping innumerable, both small and great beasts. There go the ships, there is that Leviathan whom you have made to play therein. These wait all upon you, that you may give them their meat in due season, that you give them what they gather. You open your hand, and they are filled with good. You hide your face, they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and turn, return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renewed the face of the earth. The glory of the Lord shall endure forever. The Lord shall rejoice in his works. He looks on the earth, and it trembles. He touches the hills, and they smoke. I will sing unto the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praise to my God while I have my being. My meditation of him shall be sweet. I will be glad in the Lord. Let the sinners be consumed out of the earth, and let the wicked be no more. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise ye the Lord. Proverbs 26:27. Whoso digs a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolls a stone it will return upon him. I'd like to speak to you from our reading out of Ezekiel, and then we're going to jump into Hebrews chapter 4. 
And in Ezekiel, he is a prophet that was called and sent by God to speak to both the northern and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom is the house of Israel, the ten tribes of the north, and also the southern kingdom, that is the house of Judah, the two tribes of the south, which would be the Jewish people. And so in his message to them, he's giving them warning that they are going to be judged, that they are going to be taken into exile, that there's going to be a military force that's going to come in and capture them and kill some of them. And he preaches his message in a most unusual way. He acts it out. God directs him to act it out. And so he directs him to lay on his side and eat only millet and lentils and initially told him to cook it on human feces. And then when Ezekiel said, Lord, I've never eaten anything unclean, he said, okay, I'll let you cook your food on cow dung instead. So let's just look at chapter 4, verse 4. Well, we'll start with verse 3. Then take an iron plate and place it as an iron wall between you and the city. So there's a model city sitting on the ground, and he's laying uh, on the ground next to this model city. And he says, then take an iron plate and place it as an iron wall between yourself and the city and set your face against it. Thus it shall be under siege, and you shall besiege it. This shall be an omen for the house of Israel. Verse 4, then lie on your left side and let it bear the punishment of the house of Israel. For as many days as you lie on it, you shall bear their punishment. For I impose upon you, that is the house of Israel, 390 days corresponding to the number of the years of their punishment. And so you shall bear the punishment for the house of Israel. So Ezekiel had to lay on his left side for 390 days. That's a year and a month. That's a long, long time. Now, later on in the scriptures, it talks about how those 390 years that the northern kingdom, the house of Israel, would be out of the land and in captivity and in exile because their sin and their iniquity is great and they don't repent and they don't return to the Lord, that God takes that punishment and multiplies it times seven. So 390 years times seven is 2,730 years. And I don't have the calculation in front of me. I'd have to go digging and look for it. But there have been people who have done this calculation of when Ezekiel spoke those words, when the Assyrian um, invasion happened because the Assyrians invaded the northern kingdom and took the northern kingdom, the house of Israel, into captivity. And they do the calculations of when that happened, and then they bring it forward to 2,730 years from that time. And that lands us right about in the time that we're living in now. That maybe the end of that 2,730 years was maybe four or five years ago in 2015, 2016. I don't have the exact calculation, but that that punishment time is over that the house of Israel has served their time, their exile is over, 
And any time that God so chooses, he can bring them out of exile and allow them to return to their ancient homeland. Now, let's look at verse 6, chapter 4, Ezekiel 4, verse 6. When you have completed these, you shall lie another 40 days on your right side and bear the punishment of the house of Judah. I impose on you one day for each year. So again, this is speaking to the southern kingdom, to the Jews, to the two tribes of the southern kingdom, Judah and Benjamin. So their punishment is 40 years. So understanding what these words mean, decoding the words, defining the words, is absolutely critical to be able to understand these scriptures. And a lot of people kind of gloss over it, and they just think that it's talking to the Jews back then, a long time ago, and it has no relevance today. It does have relevance. It's very, very relevant because the people of God who are not Jewish are of the house of Israel, the northern kingdom, and we are grafted in by faith. Uh, Romans 11, the olive tree, has the wild branches, that is the non-Jews, that is the northern kingdom, and it has the natural branches, that is the southern kingdom, that is the house of Judah, or the Jews. We have wild and natural branches, and we're all grafted into the same olive tree with the same rich roots. And the roots are Yeshua and the patriarchs. That would be Jacob and Isaac and Joseph and Moses, the Torah. Okay, now I want to jump into chapter 6, verse 9. Those of you who escape will remember me among the nations where they have been also taken captive. How I was broken hearted through their faithless hearts, which turned away from me. Let me just pause right there. If ever you've been in an intimate, close relationship, such as a marriage, and then your partner cheated on you and committed adultery and had an affair, you understand the feeling of treachery and betrayal that you have, that your partner has been unfaithful to you and has broken their covenant with you. This, in essence, is how the Father feels, felt then and feels today, whenever his people, whenever we are unfaithful to him, whenever we have idols of the heart and we let we chase after them and God is second, third, or fourth, or at the bottom of our list of priorities. It breaks his heart. Let me continue. Chapter 6, verse 9. And through their eyes, which lusted after their fetishes, that would be idols, and they shall loathe themselves for all the evil they committed and for all their abominable deeds. So what this verse is saying is that after the northern kingdom, the house of Israel is scattered to the nations. Initially, they went off into Assyria and were in captivity there. And then from there, they were assimilated and then scattered to all the nations of the earth. So we have the remnant people of the northern kingdom everywhere. They're on every continent. They're in Africa, South America, North America, Europe, all over the world. 
And what this is saying is that there's going to come a day when they will awaken and from their spiritual slumber. They'll awaken from their spiritual amnesia and they will repent and return to the God of Israel and return to the Torah. And that is what we've been seeing, a quiet awakening. And just in the last 30, 40 years, the Hebrew Roots Messianic Movement has arisen quietly. And many, many Christians from all denominations and all walks have awoken and returned to the Christian roots of the Hebrew faith. So, that's a significant verse. Now I want to jump into Hebrews chapter 4, and it's talking about entering into God's rest. And we talked about this yesterday also from Hebrews chapter 3. But let's look at this further and go deeper. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3, it is written, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Now, there's a big theme here that I want to unpack, and that is this, that God is basically showing us through this chapter, he wants us to rest from our works. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean, works of trying to earn his blessing, his righteousness, his salvation, that no matter how many good works we do, we're always going to fall short. We're never going to measure up. So if you think, well, okay, keeping the Sabbath and keeping the feast and and doing all these good works, doing good mitzvot, that's where my salvation comes from. I'm a good Hebrew. I do all those things. Wrong. Works do not save us. It's all by grace, by grace, by grace. It's all by faith in Yeshua. We don't put our faith in a book, in a Torah. We put our faith in Yeshua, who is our head. And he became, the word became flesh. And dwelt among us. Yeshua is the living word made flesh, yes. And so, let's look at verse 10. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has seized from his own works, as God did from his. He has stopped from his own works. So many religions of the world, Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, Mormonism, all the isms, they're all based on works. You have to knock on so many doors and lead so many souls into the Mormon faith. Or you have to do so many mitzvot. And and maybe you'll merit God's blessing and favor. It's all works, works, works. But no, Christianity or... Um, yeah, I'll use that word. Christianity is the one and only religion... I even hesitate to use those words because it's really not a religion, it's a relationship. But it's it's set apart from all the other isms in that it's based upon grace. And so this whole chapter is saying, you know, if you don't have faith, you can't enter into the promised land. You can't enter into God's rest. So Yeshua did all the work on the cross. He died in my place and in your place 
for my sin, for your sin. He paid the penalty for sin, which is death. And so by faith, we receive that. And so this chapter concludes, the last two uh, verses of this chapter, again, it's this grace versus works. Verse 15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That's the grand conclusion of this section of the scriptures. It's by grace we come to the throne room and ask for grace in time of need. We don't earn it. We don't merit it. It's not based upon our performance or our works. And we have to be reminded of this often because it's very easy to slip into a works mode. You know, maybe you're a Bible teacher. Maybe you're in a choir. Maybe you are serving in the kitchen every week. Um, And so we get into this serving mindset, and it's good to serve. God loves it when we are servants and we serve one another and we do it out of love. But if we fall into a slavery mentality, I'm a servant and I'm a slave, and we don't think, I'm a child of God, I am his son, I am his daughter, and we're thinking like a servant all the time, then we fall into works and performance. And it's all by grace, by grace, by grace. We don't deserve it. It's God's favor poured out upon us because of who he is, that he is gracious, he is kind, and he is merciful. And we simply receive it and say, thank you, Abba, for your grace and your mercy for me. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.